Hello and welcome to the TCT podcast. We are live on the show floor at the end of day two. I am sat here with Laura Griffith, Deputy Group Editor. And Sam Davis, Assistant Editor. And we're just going to uh, run through what we've seen today, what we've liked, who's done what. I'll kick us off. Uh, this morning was the TCT Hall of Fame panel Good. session. Uh, in which three inductees from 2018 were supposed to join me on the stage. Unfortunately, due to a travel hiccup, there was only two. Those two were Ellie Sachs, uh, Professor Emmanuel Sachs, Ellie Sachs for short, and Greg Morris. Unfortunately, Carl couldn't make it with us. You sat in on it, Sam. Did you enjoy it? I did. It was good. I thought, um, thought those two really riffed off each other quite nicely. They made my job a lot easier. Yeah, they did. They, yeah, they were correct. Okay, so I asked the two of them, um, the first keynote of the day was Dave Burns and Dave Burns' keynote was on the uh, thrills and chills of being life in the fast lane of startups and you know those guys have been in the industry for over 30 years each they were going to have some stories about um, what previously had uh, bothered them and how they'd learned from lessons and uh, I thought Ellie's was very interesting he was talking to me about how uh, the licensing agreements they didn't really work first time round when they were trying to license the technology and Greg was just mainly talking about some of the, the failures that uh, that they'd had when they were trying to build build parts. Um, but Greg obviously went on to talk about the great successes with the Leap Fuel nozzle. Ellie went on to talk about some of the things that, that he's done at Desktop Metal. Talk about the future. They both had really interesting opinions about what the jobs in the uh, manufacturing jobs of the future look like. They were both very uh, they were both pro, very pro technology. They weren't uh, luddite-ish. There was no talk of uh, technology taking over the world. Uh, but we will have a bit more on that. At the, uh, we're gonna, we've got that as a podcast, I believe, to go out next week. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed their time with them on stage today, and I'm looking forward to for them to pick up their awards this evening. I'm going to actually do Carl, pick up Carl's award on his behalf. So I'm going to yeah, I'm going to keep the Hall of Fame trophy, Laura, because you have <laughs> kept. The other trophy, and Sam has kept the other trophy that we won. I think. Carol's got it. Oh, Carol's got the other trophy that we won. I've never seen a trophy. <laughs> you went to another panel session today as well, didn't you? I went to the ASTM panel session in which Motion Selfie uh, moderated. They really like uh, do, doing some really interesting things. There's a lot of talk about how um, standardisation is essential for to grow the SMEs in this industry. Um, but one of the things, the points that they raised was that. Know, we're not going to get anywhere without the standards basically is the kind of the points that MTC were raising and the points that Paul Unwin was raising and that Robin Wilson and Renegade UK so they're very much focused on that but then contrary to that I've just been over on John Beckett's stand uh, for Europac who've got one of the biggest stands here at CCT and he you know he's a uh, he likes to think he's a bit more of an old old thinker he, he said to me that he doesn't like all of this stuff because he thinks that you just gotta get on get on and do it. We didn't have standards when we built the Manchester ship canal, which is what he says. Uh, Victor, we need to get back to that Victorian way of thinking, and he thinks that's possible with 3D printing because one of the examples they have on their stand is the Bowman ball bearing roller cages that's up for the, as a finalist for the industrial award at TCT tonight. And he was saying that that's a case of they're a decent sized company, Bowman, and they didn't think that was possible HP didn't think that was possible but John Beckett and his team just went and got it done they went and printed it they went and sorted it they said look this is possible we can do it and it was a bit more so I do think that there's a danger sometimes with, with great panel sessions like that where they, that we have academics talking about how we move forward with the industry that that maybe they are uh, 
that smaller companies do, will just go ahead and do it anyway yeah. without the standards. You had a panel session today, shortly after that, Laura. I did indeed. So it was uh, the second Women in 3D Printing Cyan 3D Talk session that we've ever done at CCT Show. Um, it was on 3D printing and smart factory. Uh, we had um, Stephanie De Palma from GE Additive, Katie Mill from the MTC, um, and also uh, Regan Holt from LPW Technology. So a really broad range of speakers there from an apprentice who's not long started her journey into additive manufacturing. It was really interesting hearing how she got into the industry. Um, and then, you know, all the way to these, you know, big you know, national centers of additive manufacturing and, of course, a big user and also... Um, a machine builder like GE Additive. Um, so yeah, covering a lot of different um, points in terms of how automation is going to be a big part of the, fact of the future. Data is going to be a huge part of that. Been able to kind of um, plan your processes beforehand, you know, with simulation, and then use that. Let's then feedback into you know making your processes much more intelligent. Just touching all these different topics about how um, additive manufacturing is just going to be smarter and the factory of the future. So yeah, it was a really really great discussion. Um, and it, it's going to be also available as a podcast as well, like the TCT Hall of Fame too, so you'll be able to listen to all of that um, very soon. So what does a factory of the future look like? That, that is the thing. So um, there's a lot of concepts of the factory of the future, and that was kind of what we wanted to, to look at today because, as I've mentioned numerous times on this podcast, we've all seen examples of this virtual reality, modular um, modular systems where you've got your pre-processing, additive manufacturing, post-processing, um, artificial intelligence, um, at the minute, a company like LPW has pretty much got the, the smart stuff nailed in terms of data and analytics and, and, and traceability. Um, and then someone like the MTC, of course, are looking at robotics and automation, various things like that. And then GE Additive have got these modular and um, factory of the future AM concepts, which they're looking at. So it's quite varied um, at the minute. And it's just how, it's how we connect all of these processes. So we've got all of these complementary technologies like robotics that are coming into the industry now and people are really looking at to kind of push additive manufacturing into production but it's how we communicate between all the processes to make it actually work. And was there much talk about jobs, about, about what the jobs look like? Yeah, so um, there was kind of a, there was a, bit of, a bit of conflict really between uh, this, well there's, there's this argument isn't there, that automation is going to really displace jobs in additive manufacturing um, and on, on one side you've of course, that of course that is reality. You know, it, it means that people are not going to be doing these these like standard packing jobs and things like that. But then also at the same time, that is a good thing because people don't want to be doing they don't want to be doing laborious tasks that are repetitive and you know really just not that productive. It's about actually getting people to be trained in these skills that you're really going to need in factories of the future and get people doing valuable stuff that's actually you know that's, that's going to make production faster and just going to make the whole process just a lot better. I can't remember who it is now. Somebody pointed out to me that if you take into consideration the skills gap, then automation can kind of help with that. Yeah, yeah. That if people aren't there to be employed, mm-hmm. then you've got you know, fewer jobs. Yeah. So you can automate the factory. Well, that was something. That was something that Katie Milne um, touched on today. She said that when she's looking at apprentices, she's not necessarily looking at people that have got a background in and additive manufacturing, or that necessarily that's what they want to go into. They're looking more at, you know, have you got this background in the software side? Have you got a background in the automation side? And it's it's by, you know, um, filling the skills gap with those other um, specialities and skills that you're really going to push everything forward. I think it's interesting that that was reflected in that panel session and reflected in my panel session this morning as well that Ali Sexton said that he thinks there's like a, whenever there's a technological advancement like this there is a microcosm of jobs that may lose it yeah. so you know you may have I think the example that's commonly used he didn't use it but is seamstresses losing their jobs when the sewing machine was invented but 
the textile industry that blew up in, especially in Manchester around that time, was so massive it employed thousands of more people. And I think that they believed that 3D printing could have the same impact. Actually, Greg Morris, that was Greg Morris that was saying that, and Ellie kind of disagreed with him. It was a nice little bit, bit of friction about that, uh, which is always good on a panel session. Yeah. Sam, what's the most interesting thing that you've seen today? Uh, it's kind of linked to what Lauren was talking about, but I went to see Rutman Plastics, who just bought the, uh, the Stratasys Problem 5 machine, and I assume it's a service provider that then you went to print parts and customers. Um, I was wrong. So they took on this printer to replace um, another printer they had from Stratasys. They're saying how they considered going to come out for and what they're doing is they have two robust files in their platform um, that they mainly do in digital modeling. Um, and on the end of these robust files, they print um, kind of gripper components um, at different lengths and sizes and shapes. Um, but they can make it really lightweight, so it might only be able to pick up 12 kilograms of weight. So you've got an 11 kilogram part, and they can make the gripper. Um, so that's quite interesting. I think we've you've touched on it before previously. I've written an article about was it Trinkler did the custom yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's a really interesting application to see a company who are, as you say, a service bureau yeah. using it in house for their, their parts. I think yeah. there's a lot of that going. And they, they didn't rule out, you know, using it for um, as a service, um, but that's not that's not the initial intention. I've got nothing better to really appreciate. So they. Just a yeah, little uh, light-hearted aside. So when the, my first ever TCT show, I ran round and chased a man who was called Richard Dynan, and he was from Maiden Chelsea. Remember, remember him? He had long blonde hair. He said he was an inventor. He, he was going to be the next Richard Branson. They uh, came nope. to the. They were at my first TCT show because they then launched a company whose name escapes me right now. Oh yeah, I do know this. Um, Iron Core. Iron, yeah, Iron Core rings a bell. Uh, they were. They manufactured some of these desktop machines and they did pretty well out of the back of that. But uh, So that was my first TCT show and my previous role was working on a reality TV show. So it felt like it was following me around. And then again today, on the show floor on 3D Systems stand, they've got a big banner and it's Paul from Love Island. <laughs> Is it actually? It's actually Paul from Love Island, his previous job as a model. And he was a, I don't know whether he's, they've used stock photos or they've actually <laughs> hired Paul from Love Island but I wonder whether they've hired him since Love Island I don't think so I think that marketing material has been around for a while now <laughs> it's the 3D systems marketing material where I all thought they were wearing strange jumpers it turns out it's like a they're just wearing normal clothes but there's like a hologram projected onto those, the clothes and it's a, it was a bit of an optical illusion <laughs> what else have we seen today Sam, Laura um, so just I've had a good wander around the show floors today actually more so than, than yesterday so it was quite busy with a lot of news coming up it's nice just to be able to look around it at things that I've not seen before and uh, one of them was the UK debut of the Mimaki uh, full colour 3D printer which is on hybrid services stand um, and those parts are just incredible they are just uh, we've talked about this before in a past podcast but so detailed you know they We've spoke about colour 3D printing in the past too and, you know, how a lot of things claim to be full colour, but this genuinely seemed like like the real deal. But what's interesting about them this week is apparently um, they had placed an ad in TCT magazine um, and so a guy from a university in Wales had actually, um, he'd, he'd seen this, he'd seen this is full colour 3D printer and of course this is the only place they could have gone to see it in the UK. And he drove up to the show this morning, let's just to come to that stand, going to the printer, he was like, right, I'm done then, I just left. 
Well, it was plenty of other things for him to, <laughs> yeah. he could have gone and seen. But it's still a, it's still a good news story. <laughs> it is a good news story. <laughs> um, and as well, um, I was in the, the uh, conference this morning too. Um, well, early this afternoon, sorry, just after your session. And it was in the, the medical stuff. And I must admit, first of all, when I got told I was getting put in the medical session, I was like, are you kidding me? The most, most squeamish person out of three of us. Um, but no, it was all about... Um, about prosthetics and um, and also orthotics too and um, of course um, I'm quite interested in the orthotics side and the guy that was speaking was um, Tom Peters from Fit Insoles um, who was very kind enough to to get me a pair of, of insoles last year so it was it was, was kind of nice to actually go to to a conference and be learning about something that you know you're actually the end user of when does that ever happen really it was, it was really nice I'm going to put you on the spot Laura go on have you got them insoles in now I haven't got them they don't they don't go in these yeah, shoes but yeah, that that's the problem, people. Don't go and get measured up in Doc Martens. Your feet are twice as wide. <laughs> so, um, and so yeah, so I went to that one, and then the one um, afterwards too uh, was Dr. Brendan Gallagher. Um, he is a trauma and orthopedic surgeon at the Belfast Health and Social Care Trust, the Royal Victoria Hospital. Um, and so he was just talking about how the hospital is is implementing three D printing and just the, you know how it's basically in up surgeries and now it's doing much more um, complex stuff um, but just something that, that he mentioned that really stuck out to me was that um, one of the benefits he sees in using these advanced technologies is that when people can see the complexity of these surgeries and really understand what's actually happening to them because I think people maybe take it for granted with just how complex some of these surgeries are and it's only when you see a model in front you think okay wow I, I'm starting to understand that um, he I can't remember what the figure was but the, the amount that the NHS apparently paid out last year in just in, in different um Different, different claims and um, for people that you know obviously complain about how, how things have gone but he believes that if people could actually see the process and understand you know the complexity of it then that would really really help to reduce that and he said you know that money could be used for so many better things and um, for the NHS now I thought that was just such an important point to me I've never heard that before so I think what needs to happen there is there needs to be some important like research and uh, legitimate white papers about how beneficial it is I know that there are people who say you know there's no evidence to suggest how beneficial it is but somebody like Mayo Clinic in America, in America they think it's beneficial and they print thousands of them yeah well he was saying he thinks that we need like um, a list of these of these surgeries and procedures where 3D printing is a must need and then um, he said there are things that you just you should just be using it and it, sh- it shouldn't really be, be questioned and maybe that could really go with something like that what about you Sam? Uh, probably a good one to, to end on uh, I went over to the uh, group class conference where Duncan and Jim kind of gave an overview of all the events and the work that we do on the media side. Um, two announcements came out of it, um, which first was uh, TCT Shenzhen, which is our second show now in China. That's happening October 15th to 17th uh, next year. And also uh, a new Japanese language magazine to support uh, TCT Japan, which is going to be in January, February next year. How's you? How is your Japanese, Sam? Uh, yeah, good. <laughs> what about yours, Laura? Great. Is it, yeah? As good as my German. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I do know that we, uh, we've lined up a really interesting publishing partner over there that do all the magazines that are, you know, manufacturing related, and I think they'll, they'll do a really good a really good job of that. Um, I think we're all, uh, we're all about to head off to the TCT Awards this evening. Are you excited about that, Laura? Yeah. What are you most excited to see at the TCT Awards? Is it Robert Llewellyn again? It, you know what? It is a little bit because I didn't get to meet him last year, but I'm not too sure how fangirly you can be and ask him for photographs and autographs, so uh, you might have to keep me away. And as for tomorrow, 
uh, we kick off in the morning with the keynotes, uh, of which I am moderating uh, two projects that I'm really interested in. Obviously, BMW, uh, mainly this podcast has been about 15% of me saying the words BMW, yeah. so we've talked too much about them, but we do have Dominic Reitzel here to discuss his applications. Uh, and uh, the scanning of a blue whale, uh, which is uh, the National History Museum. Uh, what's the person's name, Laura? Um, it is Alex Ball. Alex Ball. I mean, it's a really interesting story that I think we're uh, all three of us we've become a little bit obsessed with conservation yeah. and you know, things like that and I think it's become really important since I mean there was that uh, fire in the Brazilian yeah, Museum yeah the conversation about that you say with 3D systems and um, just talking about how the restoration work on the pagoda that you went to visit I mean that's a perfect example of where that stuff just completely comes into you yeah, I mean if you don't if you don't digitise your stuff it can be just burned down to the ground as, as it proved in Brazil yeah. I think as it proved twice in Scotland in the past in the Glasgow Museum of Art in the past uh, two years and the third keynote tomorrow as well is Pepsi about how they're leveraging 3D printing to accelerate um, packaging and um, so they're going to talk about a case study which is for a limited edition packaging for a movie premiere I'm pretty sure it's Black Panther it is okay cool how do we know it's Black Panther do we? I didn't know Black Panther. I'm assuming you're ruining is. the surprise yeah, so spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert I believe that should be called Sam <laughs> on top of that um, yeah that'll be a really interesting keynote obviously I think that's the first time we've had PepsiCo talking mm-hmm. at TCT show yeah. and we've obviously got a packaging arm at Rapid News and uh, I think they'll be very interested to see what's going on in the world of 3D printing and packaging in fact I believe I spoke to a lady not so long ago who said that uh, Heinz were looking at investing in a significant additive manufacturing centre in the northwest, specifically for packaging purposes so okay. it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that I think um, obviously we have HP um, represented on the Europac stand um, and a lot, of, and the XYZ machine tool stand, and a lot of what they do as well. A lot of where they came from with the original uh, Indigo in jet heads is for personalised packaging. So when you've been Laura, when you go to that experience at the yeah. headquarters in Barcelona, it's all about packaging. So mm-hmm. it's a really interesting area. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I think that just about wraps it up for today. Yeah. Uh, join us tomorrow. I think we'll do a final one tomorrow. What we uh, will we. Yeah. yeah, on the award, I think. Yes, I think we'll we'll, uh, we'll sum up tomorrow about who won the awards, who scooped up what prize, who um, behaved themselves best. Which of the editorial team for Hall of Fame? Which is the editorial team picture for Hall of Fame award? And yeah, join us tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Yeah.